Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Sequel Pitch, a podcast in which four film enthusiast friends create sequels to movies that don't have them and then battle it out to persuade the host to pick their winning pitch. Um, I'm Ross, the co-host and pitcher as well this week, and joining me as ever is a man whose breath is so strong it can open doors, it's Drew Toynbee. <laughs> That's discriminatory against asthmatics, and I'm, <laughs> I'm taking uh, you to court. <laughs> with him is a man that has more hair on his arms than General Martin <laughs> Perez, it's Andy Henry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need a, a jumper or anything over here. Oh my god, that that yeah. shot is spectacular. Oh god. Anyway. That's the grossest thing in the film, I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> uh, the only and, thing in my notes. Uh, and with us, a new voice. Uh, he's the eighth clone version of himself. It's special <laughs> guest host Paul Klein, who is a film and media editor at No Majesty and co-features editor at Film Hounds. How are you, Paul? I am good. I just mercy killed a gross version of myself and I'm <laughs> ready to party. <laughs> nice, nice. Tell us a bit about the people that are listening, if you about yourself, uh, if you want to. Um, I am the kind of person that likes really shit movies, so this was one <laughs> yeah. in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm also a massive Prometheus defender. I'm like, this... Oh. <laughs> I... Trust me, I've been banging the gong since I, I saw it. Opening day in the IMAX, I was like, this movie is amazing. Oh, no. I've... I saw Drew's pitch before this, and he's going to win. <laughs> I might not. Oh. No, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> well, today, as you probably know by the title of the episode, we are going to discuss the 1997 sci-fi franchise not so good as its counterpart, Aliens <coughs> Resurrection, or Alien Resurrections? Aliens Alien. Resurrection? Alien, Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah, that title is all over the place. Yeah. Now, in case you haven't seen it, we do a 60-second synopsis uh, or thereabouts. This definitely won't be because I had to just copy it off of IMDb. Anyway, um, (laughs) uh, here we go. 200 years after the events of Alien 3, United Systems military scientists on the space vessel of the USM Oruga... Create a Aruga. That's what they say in Looney Tunes when the eyes pop out, isn't it? Aruga. Um, I'm going to call it that. Aruga. Uh, create a clone of Ellen Ripley, des- uh, designated Ripley 8, using DNA from blood samples taken before her death. The xenomorph queen's DNA has been combined with Ripley, so the clone grows up with an embryo inside it. The scientists extract the embryo, raise it, and collect its eggs with- while keeping Ripley 8 alive for further study. As a result of the Xenomorph's DNA insider, the clone has enhanced strength and reflexes and powers of stopping basketballs in <laughs> midair. Uh, somewhat uh, acidic blood and also a psychic link to the Xenomorphs. Additionally, the Xenomorph's genetic memory allows the clone to have some of Ripley's memories. 
A, cr a group of mercenaries arrive at Aruga. They deliver several abducted humanoids in stasis. The military scientists use humans as hosts for the aliens, raising several adult xenomorphs for study. Now the mature xenomorphs, being aware of their bloods, their blood is acidic, they escape confinement by killing off one of their own, using the acidic blood to burn through their enclosures. Clever girls. They damage the Aruga and kill the majority of the crew <laughs> who fail to evacuate. Military scientist Dr. Ren reveals that the ship's default command is in an emergency is to return to Earth. Realizing that this will unleash the Xenomorphs, Ripley 8, the mercenaries Ren and soldier named DeStefano, De and surviving Xenomorph host Purvis decide to head to the Betty to use it to destroy the Aruga. Along the way, Ripley 8 discovers a laboratory of previously seven failed attempt clones of Ellen Ripley, and she incinerates them and the contents of the lab. Uh, it's pretty gruesome. As the group make their way to the uh, damage through the damaged ship, they swim through a flooded kitchen. There's a uh, two xenomorph. One's killed. One snatches Hillard, and they escape the kitchen. The xenomorph returns and blinds Christie, who sacrifices himself to kill the xenomorph. He doesn't really. I don't know why he it does, says... Yeah. He doesn't need to. It's yeah. bizarre. Let's, Let's go yeah. into that in a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's such a big problem. Put, so, put a the others, so the others can escape. After Ren betrays the group, Cal is revealed to be an Auton. Using her ability to interface the Aruga systems, Cal sets it on a collision course with Earth. Ripley <laughs> 8 is captured by a Xenomorph, while the others head to the Betty... Ren, who is already aboard, shoots Purvis, takes Cal hostage, and demands that she abort the collision. An injured Purvis attacks Ren and forces Ren's head to his chest, just as the xenomorph embryo bursts out of his chest and it goes through his head. He dies bad times. Um, <laughs> Ripley is taken to the alien nest. The alien queen gives birth to a xenomorph with overtly human traits. The hybrid alien kills the alien queen. Ripley 8 takes advantage of distraction uh, to escape and make her way to the Betty. The Betty crew struggle to take off, which gives Ripley 8 enough time to reach the ship and jump on while they further struggle. The hybrid boards unbeknownst to the crew. Cal goes to close the hatch. When she attempts to close it, she runs into the hybrid who goes... Uh, who closes the hatch while she runs and hides. Ripley 8 goes to check on them and runs into the hybrid. She saves Cal by distracting the hybrid, using her acidic blood to make a hole in the, the, the glass. Oh, Ripley, yeah. uh, and literally the, the, the creature gets sucked <laughs> out in the most horrific way. Goes... Uh, the countdown on the Aruga continues, and the survivors escape in the Betty. The Aruga collides with Earth, causing a large explosion, and they look down at Earth. Cal asks what R Ripley 8 w wants to do next. She says, I don't know. I'm a stranger here myself. Fuck me. There you go. She doesn't. She doesn't say "fuck wow. me" at the end. She doesn't then turn to call and go. That's the deleted scene. No, but everyone That's else basically does. Edition. Every other male does in this film, basically. Yeah. Oh man! So it's what a did we think? Movie. It's horny. Let <laughs> it is a horny ass mm. movie. It's, 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 horny, it's horny the horniest... than Alien Three, and Alien Three's got only men and Ellen. Oh man! And this yeah. one's got you other women. You said my joke. You said my joke just as I was about to say it, man. <laughs> Damn it! 
Um, so what do we think? Let's go with Paul. What did you think of this movie, rewatching it? So, like, I love the Alien films. I love all of them. I had Alien toys when I was, like, five, and I really probably nice. shouldn't. But, you know, <laughs> my parents were like, oh, Alien, Alien toys, this is well cool. Get them for Paul. <laughs> and I'm like, nice. I have no idea what the, what the hell this is, but this is cool. It's going to eat Batman. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I did my dissertation on David Fincher, so I've watched Alien Three nice. and the Assembly Cut more times I... than anyone on more times than David Fincher. Definitely, <laughs> I love. I like the third one. I like the well. third one, and the Assembly Cut is very good, even though the weird yak uh, yeah. hybrid alien does look a bit silly. Yeah. But you know, yeah. and Resurrection should be good. It should be better because you got Jean Pierre Genet. Who's a great director? Mm, yeah, theoretically, Joss Whedon, who is theoretically a great writer. <laughs> I am a Buffy. This is the same year Buffy started as well. Yeah, Buffy starts. Wow. You and it's basically the thing is that it's basically the setup of Firefly. It's a bunch of yeah, space pirates. Yeah, yeah. proto Firefly. So it should, yeah. in theory, be great. And you've got you know. Great character actors, you know, Winona Ryder's good, Sigourney Weaver's good, Ron Perlman's great, mm. your man from CSI's in it, and it's just a bit, it's just a bit messy, because it just, so much of it makes no, because Alien 3 clearly ended the series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were like, we scraped yeah. this funnel, we scraped this furnace, and we found some yeah. remnants of blood from Ripley. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also um, the thing is, where did when... the DNA come from? Because she died literally yeah. falling into an inferno. She died. Yeah. <laughs> the... Hey, blood Just survives ship, infernos, clearly. Just, you know, yeah. so it was a bit like, what, did, did Charles Dance take samples of her DNA for reasons unbeknown to anyone because he's not I'll keep these yeah he's like hello I'm going to have sex with this lady but first I better take a blood sample maybe he was like you know maybe he was like I don't trust this lady she might have disease I'm going to check and then <laughs> donk her he's like Dexter all of his sexual <laughs> yeah. partners he's got a little slide I Charles Dance in Alien 3 is just great because he, oh, yeah. well he's just fabulous mm. His character is so uncaring about anything. Yeah. I think it's great. But this one, it's just a bit like... It's just a bit like other movies. Like, Yeah. That's a very I good way I to put I it. I don't... Mm. The soundtrack for me is just a bit all over the place as well. There's a lot Doesn't of shots the... that look like Jurassic Park. Like, there's a lot of the xenomorphs walking. Obviously, they're puppets. But the yeah. way they, they shoot, like, the feet walking, and it's like mm. the velociraptors in the kitchen. Yeah. And it's like... Well, if you're going to do Jurassic Park, just do it then. Like, you know, Godzilla yeah. ripped it off, and it's like, just do it. Like, make a giant alien queen T Rex. Yeah. 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 Uh, Drew, what did you think? I. It's. It has some charm, but like, God, this film, it looks like arse. It, it, I, I can't, I hate looking at this film. And it's, it has this really bizarre tone that, again, reading up on it after watching it, Joss Whedon said that he wrote the script to be very playful and kind, almost tongue in cheek and very Joss Whedon, and that he, disapproved of how they shot it and that they made it very straight which i think is stupid 
Nobody goes to an alien film going, I hope it's silly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he's he's angry that they didn't do the silly film. So they did the best they could with the material provided, but it doesn't work. Franchise based around the concept that everyone is terrified of rape, which is what the alien films are about. You know, the first one's about how men are terrified of being raped and giving birth. The second one's about how women are terrified of being raped in military occupation. The third, prison. The fourth is yeah. about artificial insemination. You know, uh, Prometheus yeah. is about you know the religious fear that if you cannot procreate, then you then your god has abandoned you. Yeah, Covenant is about the fear that people have of their spouses. Like, <laughs> it's you yeah. know, you know, it, not for nothing. But in Covenant, two people are having sex in a shower and they get fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah. It's you know, the whole thing is about kind of that, and it's just like. The whole movie's just so kind of dumb. Yeah. yeah. Andy, what do you think? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> my biggest thing is they seem to t- they seem to go they they went less away from the horror, which I enjoyed in the early ones, and they went more the yeah, Jurassic Parky or a bit more not like hugely like actiony. Um, uh, yeah, well, like a- like action more of an action film. Um, but yeah, no, I just missed the the horror aspects of it. One, yeah. I thought it was just very boring, but uh, yeah, I just I was like, now I'm watching. I feel like I was dif- watching a different genre. It wasn't in the actual like the same um, franchise of. I will say original. it does mm. look like a. It does look like the director's film. Like I know yeah. that like you know, there's a lot of talk nowadays when you join a franchise, you lose your, you know, your personality. You know, like there's a mm. Marvel thing where all Marvel films look the same, even when you get yeah, thing. But like. Alien looks like a Ridley Scott film. It's filled with massive worlds filling the screen. Aliens yeah. feels like a James Cameron film. Alien Three feel you know. Alien Three looks like Seven. It looks like yeah, yeah, it Panic really does. Room. Yeah, and this does. If you've ever seen like Delicatessen or Amelie or City well, yeah, I was going to say bizarrely, it looks like Amelie. <laughs> yes, yeah. and An it odd is because thing. because you know the director has a style and he's he's yeah. like. He doesn't speak a word of English, so he's like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw the camera in people's faces. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> his direction uh, yeah. is silly. His direction is as silly as the film he's making. So, I, again, I don't get what Whedon's crying about, because it's like, the film is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I think I uh, when, I was write, when I was watching it, I wrote loads of random notes. I wrote... Uh, there's quite a lot of symbolism in this with the weird birthing at the beginning, uh, at oh, the like beginning the where stuff. she comes yeah. out of the sack. Mm. Um, uh, then I put the bad breath passcode door. That was funny. He got rejected the first time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the fa- and the, another scene in where he eats a whole lemon. Uh, he like eats the whole. He eats the skin as well. Yeah, he eats the rind of a lemon whilst eat whilst whilst his mate drinks oh solidified God, yeah. melted whiskey. Yeah. Mm. God, I that did, look, uh, appealing. I really enjoyed. I'm sure that I've read this on IMDb, IMDb trivia or somewhere else. But I I normally I read the trivia before I watch the film because I love movie trivia. This time I didn't, and I really enjoyed that their security code when the Betty is arriving at the Auriga is E-A-T-M-E, or Eat Me. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. And like, uh, yeah, my, my, my notes were Eat Me, Hairiest Man on Earth, and, <laughs> and Machine Gun Shotgun. And that yeah. was all I wrote before I just went, oh, fuck it. <laughs> 
I wrote keychain of smells. Like she's got a keychain <laughs> of different yeah. random smells for the door. Yeah. I don't know where she got that from. How she get general presence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. It's, yeah, it's, lemon. it's just lemon. That's all it is. It's just a lemon <laughs> <spray>. <laughs> um, I like the. Uh, there was another bit where Ron Perlman says it's a waste of ammo and then shoots mm. a spider in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he got yeah. scared of the spider. Come on. Yeah, I mean, but he's like, it's a waste well, of ammo. He, yeah, it's, he, he shoots yeah. a spider because it's a waste. Not to mention, he does the the cool <laughs> double gun <laughs> hanging from his knees thing. Oh, and upside down. fires about 50 Ooh. rounds just into the air. Yeah. When If he'd just taken his time and aimed, it only took one shot. <laughs> How he didn't I, uh, end up clumping the other two full of bullets is beyond me. Because he was firing, not at the xenomorph, he is firing <laughs> directly into the mate. CSI <laughs> man's head. That CSI guy, <laughs> his head is full of space bullets. Oh, um, man. Yes, the, the, the general guy, that yeah, with his hairy arms, he was really good. Um, I think for me, like, with this movie... It's a bit different to the others because you don't give a shit about any of these people. No. Like, you don't care about them because they're all dickheads. Mm. Apart from, obviously, Ripley and... Um, and Anna Lee. Like, yeah, they're, they're just... But even then, I didn't really care about... When Cole got shot, I was like... I know she's supposed to be, like... You know, she's pleading with uh, Ripley at the start and stuff, so we're supposed to... We're supposed to want to like her, but I was just like... Yeah. But the thing that whiny. well, the thing that like made the first one so good is like you got to know the crew and you got to know mm. like they were friends with each other. Whereas these people, they're just pirates, really. They're smugglers yeah. and pirates, and you don't like when they die. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Like the with the driver, the the captain guy, literally gets killed in the first ten yeah. minutes of the like when they get on on board. He gets dragged through, and then his chest. He gets one through the chest. Yeah, his um, voice was too deep for him to stay alive. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I've never been able to see him in anything and not see him as the as Guy of Gisborne from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, going, "Why a spoon, cousin? Why not a <laughs> why not a sword? Because it's because it's dull. Because it'll hurt more." <laughs> so, Paul, you're a massive fan of the Alien franchise, and like, do you think like after Obviously, after the third one, people thought this one was actually quite, it was good, but it obviously didn't. It wasn't like critically, it wasn't like great, but like the box of it, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad uh, compared to what three was apparently. But do you think that as as the Senate series has gone on, it's just veered away from what made the first one so iconic and so like so memorable? Yeah, I think the problem with it is, is that the first, the first two, and obviously, like, I, f- I feel for Alien Three because I think people wanted Aliens Two. Yeah, and mm-hmm. David Fincher clearly went, no, I want to make Alien Two. I want to make a sequel to the Ridley Scott movie, not the James Cameron yeah. movie. Yeah, and the problem is, is that a- yeah, Alien, like you say, takes its time. You know what Ripley's about. You know what, uh, you know, you know what Tom Skerritt's character's about. So that when you know, John Hurt explodes, it's like, oh crap, no one is safe. And then with yeah. Aliens, again, it it takes time. You know, you understand the company is, you know, a piece of shit. You know that, you know, you start, you know who New is, you know, even the soldiers that aren't, you know, the main ones, 
you know, like Vasquez and people like that, they have character moments. And even to an extent, Alien 3 has character moments. Hmm. And this just does... And also, the, you know, the crew of the Nostromo, they argue, they antagonise each other, but they're colleagues. The soldiers yeah. antagonise yeah. each other, but they're colleagues. The prisoners antagonise each other, but, you know, they're all like, well, we hate the prison guard and we hate his subordinates, so we're united in hating him. And these pirates just hate each other. And it's like, well, mm. if you don't like each other... <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. I get Ron Perlman's yeah. meant to be an asshole character. He's meant to be, like, you know, the the chauvinist role. But it's like, yeah, but why would I care that he lives then? Because he's horrible mm. to your man yeah. in the wheelchair. Also, in the future, it's like 22, 30 or whatever. Surely you would have figured out... What I don't get right, and this is the problem with um, prequels, in Prometheus... Uh, billion-year-old Guy Pearce is so old, he has, like, <laughs> leg braces that help him walk. Yeah. But this man in a wheelchair has to use a giant wheelchair and then be strapped to a yeah. man's back. Yeah. Surely yeah. you could tinker. If you can make guns that are shotguns and machine guns and a rocket launcher all in one, <laughs> you can make a man some bionic yeah. legs. You can make robots, you can make bionic legs. I think, like, like you say, like... The... They went a different way with... Obviously, the first one was a thriller. The second one was an action movie. The third one tried to go back to a thriller. This one, I doesn't know really where it's going. Do you feel the same way, Andy? Like, do you feel that? Yeah, I was saying. Like, I, I feel all the horror's gone. They, they try to replace it with, say, yeah, Josh Whedon-y, a bit of humour, a bit of, like, sexual banter, which obviously doesn't fucking work. Hmm. Um... And yeah, just more like big, big guns and shooting rather than atmospheric build up and shadow, you know, shadow play and smoke and mirrors and stuff like that, which um, which I really liked in the old horrors. And how how did you think of the what did you think of the light? We'll go. We'll do one more little bit of uh, talky talk. Uh, what did you think of Ripley, the character as well? And and Sigourney Weaver? I, I always say a franchise has basically ran out of ideas if they have to do a hybrid between the good and the bad. Yeah. I just hate those <laughs> ideas. So, yeah, when I was like, oh, yeah, she's basically half and half, it's like, well, yeah, I, I, if, if she's not, like, yeah, like she died in the third one, there was no reason to make this one. And then literally they were like, oh, how do we bring her back? Because we can't start a new franchise with someone else because she's the one that makes all the money. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I just I didn't, I didn't care for her. I was just a bit like, yeah. Well, about I just you? think one, one, sorry, at oh, one point no. she gets a bloody nose, doesn't she? But yeah. I was a bit like, shouldn't her skin start to like boil? Or... <laughs> yeah, she got uh, smacked in the face with a weight. Like, yeah. Uh... Got a <laughs> tiny little dainty nosebleed. Yeah. But she's she's meant to be powerful. Also, by that logic, if, if that was the case, then surely her blood would be boiling uh, <laughs> alive at all times. Yeah, so. yeah this is the thing with hybrids. You're like, just they just don't work. Just don't do them. Just don't do the movie. Also, yeah. why isn't she like super dribbly all the time, like Xenomorphs? Xenomorphs are like yeah. the dribbliest yeah. baby monsters. They're like constantly got a, a, good. A, a napkin in her, in her pocket. That would have... I would. Do you know what? I would give this film five stars. Best film ever made if Sigourney Weaver spent the whole film with just like <laughs> pink Danny DeVito in Batman Returns style goo coming out of her mouth. <laughs> Slathered with KY jelly. Yeah. Oh wait, we we have to talk about Christie's sacrifice. Come on! Oh yes, it's how yes. unneeded! It was so funny. I was li it, uh, so like the the alien didn't claw, didn't put the claw when he was climbing up the ladder. 
uh, didn't claw put the, his claw through Christie's boot, did he? He was literally just hanging on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he got killed and he got blown up, and then and he, uh, his <laughs> his body was just hanging on his foot, and that's why yeah. he cut himself off. Which yeah. he could have. Christie didn't try and shake his foot. Just literally go yeah. shoot, 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 shoot with his other foot, just like. <laughs> and also, I love it. He would have just landed in the water, and then yeah, just he, he would have been took, fine. Like just took his took his took the claw off his foot and then just started climbing back up again. <laughs> Surely. Like, yeah, I didn't get kind of a... Why did the why alien climb the ladder? Because we've seen in other films, aliens can like climb on the ceiling. They've got massive claws. Yeah. Why is it <laughs> yeah. like, better use the ladder though. Safety first, guys. <laughs> Safety on, first. Let's not, let's not tit about. Yeah. Let's be safe. Four points of contact. Um, what was the guy's name who kept going, what's inside me? What's inside Oh, me? what, the guy from oh, Seven, Bin, who's still playing yeah. the same character he played in Seven? Yeah. <laughs> I really, I liked it. Also, but then I would have been like, if he was See, like, oh, these me, guys put an alien he's inside He's the guy you. from Saving Private Ryan. Sorry, I just had to yeah. say that, but yeah. There oh, he'll always, he'll he always was... be, he made me do the, 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 and he's doing that. He's doing it again. They were literally like, you know that thing you did in, in Seven? When Can you just like, go, what's inside? When you're going crazy. Can you do that and not let anyone explain it, though? <laughs> and I mean, uh, they're like well, trying to I, tell him, and he's like, but, what's gonna, but it's like, well, shut up, and yeah. I will tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to die. Uh, all right, well, I'd have just I killed him. We, I'd have been like, I'm not running you, the risk. Sorry, guys. I know it's like, bang, yeah, bang, bang. Uh, and oh. la- last thing, what do we think of the hybrid at the end? Weird. Out the the albino, uh, like. I mean, I think. With the human I, I think su- successfully yeah. unsettling. But as a plot point, like what the fuck? What the <laughs> yeah. actual fuck? Like I get that they needed to do something that was a departure from the previous movies because otherwise it just becomes people on spaceship get eaten by aliens until someone doesn't and survives. Yeah. And so yeah, find something different, but God, it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. The way it goes though, fair play. I like it. <laughs> but it's weird. It's it's weird. Sigourney Weaver has one of the most singular faces in the world. Like even in Avatar, when she's when she becomes an Avatar in Avatar, and you're like, all the other Avatars just look the same. They just look like blue cats. And then Sigourney Weaver's one shows up, and she smiles, and you're like, that's Sigourney Weaver. And the yeah, alien yeah. hybrid looks like Sigourney Weaver. It's really <laughs> off-putting. But then they're like, it's like right. So that's like your baby. Why are you having like a weird intimate sexy moment with your baby alien? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, there was so much face touching in this film. It was like yeah. face off all over again. Yeah. <laughs> Renona oh. Ryder and Ripley and yeah, her, like the oh. It's it it get also there must be another way to kill an alien apart from sucking it out into the vastness of space. Like guys, come on now. <laughs> it was so the CGI was amazing. The way oh, like man. we could see every little bit off into the space like, like when it's when it's limbs are being are going through and it's i swear that somewhere in there it has someone saying mother or mummy or like oh yeah i can imagine it being something like it's fucking yeah. horrible yeah all right and on that we are going to mark it out of five uh so drew let's go with you i am oh god i'm gonna give it three no you're um, not three bits of brain taken out of one's own <laughs> head once it's been smashed open by an alien <laughs> it, it's there 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 is enough in here that is interesting that i do think if you enjoy the other movies in the series it warrants watching i 
really like Winona Ryder. There are some very cool concepts in this film, but all of those things that I genuinely think are really good still cannot take it any higher than a three for the fucking bobbins mental shit that i really don't like very nice three three out of five for drew andy oh i've got to go basically the opposite to drew i'm gonna say 1.5 everything the alien franchise shouldn't be um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just just didn't really. I thought, was, oh, I, you know, we could put another fi- another title on this and maybe change the alien a little bit. It would have been a different film. Um, we didn't talk about like, one of my favorite bits is uh, the guy French kissing the glass. That's ho- that's holding the uh, the alien. <laughs> Brad Dourif, well, like, worm, worm time. Oh my yeah. god, having a like, lovely time in an alien film. That that like that. Yeah, one one point five. Don't don't watch this. If you like, if you enjoy the franchise, stop at three. <laughs> <laughs> and jump straight to Prometheus. Yeah, Yeah. come back for ours, and then, uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Paul, what do you think? I'm I'm going to be similar to Drew. I give it about, yeah. I give it three three needless sacrifices out of five. (laughs) It's dumb, but there's enough in it that I like. Maybe maybe I'm biased, because I like Sigourney Weaver. I like Brad Dourif. I like your man from CSI. I I love Ron Perlman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, there's so many moments in it. Where you feel like a child going, oh, that's so cool. Like the bit where she does the basketball in one <laughs> shot. That's cool. Yeah. It's pointless, yeah. but it's cool. Yeah. Well, that's it. Why? That's so funny. Everyone's like, whoa. It's I like, like the Matrix music after it. But it was yeah, pre Matrix. I was watching it. I was like, oh my God, they ripped off the Matrix. And I was like, wait, no, this was two years yeah. before the Matrix. <laughs> you know, and also, like, seeing the two xenomorphs underwater swimming like weird fish yeah. is cool. And I don't know. There's enough that it's kind of maybe it's weirdness and dumbness is kind of part of its charm. Where you're just like, why? Why did nobody think to shave Dan Hedaya's arms? They're very, very, they're very hairy, and it's very off-putting. And I know that they were like, oh, he was meant to be shirtless, and they were like, oh, he's too hairy. Let's put a vest on him. And it's like, no, there's still that too accentuates hairy. the hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so much weird stuff him. To pulling the brain matter out before he dies, that you, you, it's kind of enjoyable. It's not. Yeah. It's not like Alien Covenant where you're like, this is just boring and dumb and <laughs> makes no sense. You're like, this yeah. is dumb and makes no sense, but it's kind of silly. Yeah. Mm. Nice. I am gonna give it. I'm gonna meet you both uh, and give it a three. If you haven't seen it, special uh, the special edition version at the beginning of the movie, there is an awful CGI mouth that that you think is a is a xenomorph, oh, the... but then it is just yeah. action. It's just a little bug that gets smushed on uh, the guy's <laughs> finger, and it looks so. When I when I watched that, I was like, "Is this like a deleted scene that is hasn't been done?" And it was so bad. Anyway, yes, uh, I'll give it three <laughs> out of fives. Uh, of those um yeah so drew what does that give us uh that brings it in at 2.63 out of five so we're just the... just over half score but not a recommendation from <laughs> oh, this that's podcast of, that's because of andy and his fucking i am not and, gonna reply if someone came trend. to me and said should i watch this film i'll be like hell no stay away <laughs> from it like Watch something else. Watch either another alien or just a, a, a shitter alien movie. Just watch Species. <laughs> it's basically the same movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, here we true. go. Right. 
on that, don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but watch it because we want you to uh, listen to... Uh, because I think it's time to get our sequels pitched. This week, myself, Andy, and Drew are going to be pitching uh, sequels to Paul. And Paul is going to, if he wants to, ask us questions. And then right at the end, we're going to argue it out. And then Paul's going to pick his winner for Alien Resurrection. So, Paul, who do you want to go first? Um, I'm going to say... Drew, just because you guys think I'm going to pick his as the winner anyway. So let's go Drew first, and then you cool. guys can adjust accordingly to tailor it to my terrible taste. Yeah. <laughs> How many E's in Prometheus? Uh, quickly, quick, quickly just going Numi Rapace, and then <laughs> Guy Pierce as Mr. Burns. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, mine is uh, tentatively titled Alien Amiga. Um, and it is 25 years after the destruction of the UCM Ariga, colonies across several systems begin to fall off the grid. A team of stone-cold badasses from the United Systems Military, <laughs> United Systems Military Marine Corps, USMMC, must discover the source of the threat before the fall of the human race. So, we open with a huge, dark seemingly derelict ship gliding silently through space as the title Alien Amiga slowly appears on the screen. The year appears 2399 and the ship is described as origin unknown, destination unknown, purpose unknown. We see it jettison a number of huge pods as the camera pulls back showing hundreds more on the sides of this sort of ramshackle weird ship before pulling further back and further back and we see the pods were heading in the direction of nearby stars the year comes up on screen again at 2404 we join two people in military fatigues walking through cramped hallways that seem to be a cramped metallic hallways that look like a spaceship and they're discussing the loss of contact with a number of colonies that's happened basically simultaneously they're discussing that they're preparing to deploy, but reports are pointing to something that's in the classified records. Um, they're heading to the launch bay saying they're being sent out to pick up an expert. The bay doors open. You think it's going to be space, and we're actually on Earth. It's a beautiful day, like they're in the mountains somewhere. They get on a transport, and they go to the middle of the wilderness, and they pick up Ellen Ripley, who has aged, and she's been living in isolation. They show her all the data, and they say that people are being lost. They play back all of this recorded stuff, and it's just people being gruesomely taken out by giant hordes of aliens. Uh, the USMMC have managed to track an object moving past these systems, jettisoning objects that are impacting the planets. It all seems to be happening uh, according to some sort of plan, and the largest object is now beginning to approach Earth. Ripley agrees to come and fight and come and face the aliens one final time. So across known space, they take off. She meets all of her marine friends. They're broadcasting messages from... Uh, they're broadcasting messages and, like, plans and Ripley giving people information on how to combat the aliens. And they, they announce that they have some sort of subspace instant communications across systems so that this plot point works so don't <laughs> don't call me out on that 
Um, we follow people like families across all of human space preparing for the impacts and like these huge battles that follow and Ripley is terrified and furious and they're watching all of these fights as humanity fights and fights and there it's all in vain and that it's these huge epic battles where men and women and children are all just being utterly slaughtered and it soon becomes clear that the only thing people can do is run and hide and they get on their ships and they evacuate but there's no time to get supplies there's no time to prepare for anything their only option is to head back to earth they can't go back and land back on the planet where all their stuff is because there's a shitload of aliens there now so ripley and the marines finally intercept the giant ship and discover that it is a heavily changed and modified covenant they attempt to destroy it but in the hundreds of years since its disappearance its defenses have been improved and it's had the sort of alien chitin grown all over it and all of their ordnances expended before they can get through this sort of outer shell so they have to do a spacewalk to cut their way into a hatch. Something goes wrong when they're trying to latch on. It depressurizes and it destroys the marine ship. And there's only a few of our absolute favorite marines who make it across onto the Covenant. Um, Ripley and the other survivors then have to make their way through the ship. They're antagonized by a voice. It's David. Michael Fassbender is back. He's like all decayed. He's gone insane. And he's just taunting them and telling them that he's going to destroy Earth and that the aliens are going to get them. They're traveling through this huge ship. They're going through rows of colonists that have all had chestbursters come out of them. And, and, and there are aliens coming and taking them apart. You have a few action scenes, a few creepy crawly scenes, environmental hazards. David's used all of the fetuses that were on the government to grow an army. And he intends to have his creations be the only life form left in the galaxy. Ripley eventually makes it to the bridge with the last of the Marines, all the awesome ones that we love and that we've obviously had loads of time to grow and interact and see interact as characters and the cowardly one becomes brave and the brash one becomes more meek and it's all really beautiful and we love all the characters. Um, the Marines have to sacrifice themselves to hold off the aliens to stop them getting in behind Ripley. Ripley goes in and confronts David. They have a big discussion about he hates humans. He didn't have any control over being created and and he resents that and he resents humans for looking down on him when he's better and ripley's like oh i didn't choose to be recreated i died for something i believed in i got brought back and and it's been twisted to be something that i didn't want it to be but i i i do have control over the life that i've been given and it looks like david might come around but then he doesn't and so ripley and david have to have a big super cool fight and it's really epic and scary because david's so fucked up and weird but she kills him and rips his head off again um, Ripley then manages to take control of the ship rather than crashing it into Earth as David has intended. Um, she pilots it into the sun and she takes the time to record one final log and broadcast it to Earth. It's a, mess it's a message for Bishop, for Hicks, for Newt, for her daughter Amanda, and then the ship plummets into the sun. And in the aftermath, humanity survives on Earth, but all of their colonies, all of known space, is now just infested with aliens and who knows how long it will be before something brings them back dot 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 the end and then Jamiroquai plays like Godzilla <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay Paul do you have any questions for Drew I like it so how much time would be spent sort of building up the color because it sounds very action heavy so how many sort of like marines do you think there'll be because you know, character overload is an issue with the Alien franchise as a whole. I was only seeing, like, Ripley and five Marines making it across to the Covenant. 
Okay. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any idea who who you might want to cast as these marines? I honestly, I started thinking about it, and all that I I I fell back on an answer that I gave when we did our signs episode, which is they would all just have surnames in the script, and they would have general character traits, and I would I would let the director and the casting directors choose the best at <laughs> the absolute best actors that they could possibly get. One person. One person that I would love to see, oh no, I've forgotten his name, um, is the guy who plays Chidi from The Good Place. I want to see him in an action movie because he's fucking jacked and I'd like him to be one of them. But other than that, I when would you think, say When you think rain. he's a nerd and then he like rips his shirt off and you're like, oh my God, that guy's got pecs. Yeah. Punches the season for days. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so not too many. And so it's, yeah, it's it's very much designed to be they're kind of the all is it, it is very big action heavy in the earlier part and the second part even though it is marines on the government is much more of a closer to an homage to alien and alien 3 than it is to aliens yeah i like i like tying it back to covenant and prometheus and bringing david back as like the arch villain i just i i felt like i was so tempted to make this a sequel boot and kind of just reboot it and be like no no, no there's somewhere else but i was like no come on i'm gonna stick with the brief this is going to be a sequel to alien 4 and those two films are prequels to those films so why not all right any more questions not from me yeah. damn it that means he's gonna win damn it, damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who do you want to go next let's hear from Andy, let's hear Andy's. Mine is called Alien Extinction or Alien Survival, depending on what works better. <laughs> uh, my little blurb is, after Earth is overtaken by Xenomorphs, a small crew fights to keep humanity alive. Uh, so we open uh, and we see the USS Scroll. It's a big ship of space uh, heading to Earth. It's a mining ship carrying about five people when they're all like in cryo sh- uh, sleep. They're returning after successfully mining a planet for a mineral that's needed on Earth. Suddenly, an alarm goes off and Kaya, the new female protagonist, wakes up. She checks the problem and sees that it's something pretty big, so she wakes up Lurch, her captain. Lurch says they've collided with something that is disrupting the oxygen supply, but they can't fix it. Just then, they see another ship on their radar. They contact the ship and see if they can, and ask if they can come aboard to repair theirs. Uh, captain Thomas from the Skyrocket, uh, the other ship, replies and says yes. Uh, so the crew from the scroll meet the crew from the Skyrocket, and we learn it's been about 100 years after the events of uh, Alien 4, uh, when a ship carrying the xenomorphs crashed down to Earth, not all of the xenomorphs died, and the humans started experimenting on them, uh, uh, prolonging their life. Soon the aliens grew back bigger and badder, and they took over it and just ransacked the whole Earth. The crew on the Sky Rocket, like five to eight people, are the last remaining humans. Um, and then maybe there's a story if we want some fan service about Ripley sacrificing herself uh, so these last humans could escape and, and get off the planet. Uh, Captain Thomas, or Cap. Uh, and his team help fix the scroll. Uh, Cap finds on board the uh, scroll an alien egg and asks the crew who brought it uh, from their last planet. Uh, Cap starts shouting, but no one obviously admits who did it. The lights, then, the lights then start falling, and the egg opens, and a face hugger attaches itself to someone. They kill the guy and say the scroll crew must have unknowingly had an alien on board, and now it's loose. They all gun up and split up, and they try and kill the alien. Techie, the fixer uh, on board the Skyrocket, stays behind to help fix uh, uh, the scroll with Bubba, his best friend, and like Gunner, he's going to be a guy with a big gun. 
looking out for them. Uh, so this is where we go old school horror scenes uh, like the like the original. If you play like Island Alien Isolation, it's all atmospheric. Like they try and kill the, the uh, creature, uh, but the alien goes back and kills uh, crew members. It's almost like the alien knows where people will be. Uh, there's a scene where the alien attacks Techie and Bubba, but this is where we see that um, Techie's like kind of hit and flown across the room, presumed dead. Uh, the alien then ca- uh, gets Bubba, doesn't kill him, but starts to drag him away. Uh, Kaya then tries to talk to Cap, but she feels like something's weird about him, something's off. They uh, meet up with some of the other crew members, and then one gets attacked by a xenomorph. Everyone runs, but Kaya tries to help the guy being attacked. Uh, this is where we see uh, she, where she sees the xenomorph drag the guy off. She then tells everyone to follow her, and they find a room where all the other crew members and some other people from Earth are cocooned and stuck to the walls. There's loads of eggs, both open and unopened. The door behind them suddenly closes, and we see Cap locking it. The eggs open and the face huggers kill off everyone left alive apart from Kaya and Lurch. And that's when we have the big twist. Cat reveals that before Xenomorphs were uh, killed everyone on Earth, the alien was experimenting on uh, with Neurolinks, trying to connect man telepathically to the aliens in hope of either stopping them or turning them against each other. Cat was a test subject, but something went wrong and Cat was supposed to be disposed of. But before they shot him, Xenomorph sent Storm the base, killing everyone but Cap. The experiment had worked, and he could connect uh, to xenomorphs. His brain was half man, half beast. As the Earth soon ran out of animals and people, Cap knew he had to continue his new race by leaving Earth and heading for a new planet with life. Now only one, only one can survive, the aliens or the humans. There's a big fight around the ship, a proper old school uh, horror again. Face-hugging scenes, Cap hid more eggs away, so they're kind of storming the ship, chasing people. Um, scary scenes, ice, alien isolation, feel like, you know, if you're hiding in a locker, you've got to hold your breath. <laughs> um, but also, like, Cap and the alien are working together and stuff, so the Cap was kind of telling the alien earlier, earlier on where people would be, and that's how the alien knew where they were going to be. Uh, so some, like, you know, double-teaming by Cap and, uh, and, the, and the alien. Uh, try, uh, Kaya tries to get through to Cap, trying to bring him back to the normal side, uh, to his human side. But the Xenomorph power inside him is too strong and he turns full beast. Uh, he doesn't like more for anything. He just kind of snarls more probably and just doesn't respond to human interaction. Uh, Kaya and Lurch get to their ship and try to fly away because they realize that Techie had fixed it. Uh, but they can't because uh, the hatch doors open and they look behind it. But they see Cap approaching and it's all scary. Uh, they're like, oh shit, nothing we can do. We're about to die. But then we see Techie, nearly dead, stand up and punch Cap. Uh, he shuts the hatch door, closing the, uh, the scroll. The Skyrocket's main hatch opens. Uh, the Cap tries to grab onto something because obviously he's been trying to be sucked out. Kaya fires up the engines to the scroll and it burns uh, Cap to bits. Techie then grabs uh, a grenade, a grenade uh, uh, in each hand, and him. And when Kyra and Lurch are a safe distance away from the sky rocket, he blows himself and the ship up. Kyra and Lurch are then survive, or do they, and look for a new planet. There and then Oasis plays. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions for Andy? Well, my fir- my first one, which is a basic one, where's where's Ripley at, man? Ripley, there's nothing to do with the character, especially now she's a clone. That get rid of her. That's, that's where I was like, if we really want, she can. If we really want her, she can be one of the people. She, you know, she can be Lurch's character basically. But um, I know I wanted the franchise to start basically is uh, new or sequel boots, I guess you could say. But um, she has the 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 story about her sacrificing herself. But yeah, I mean, apart from Sigourney Weaver, what's she like? Seventy now. One apart from that, like you know, fre- a bit of fresh blood, but also nowhere to go with the character. So don't have her in there. That's fair enough. Um... What, what sort of casting do you have in mind for characters? 
I was thinking maybe Karen Gilliam for Kaya. Did she keep her Scottish then... accent? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Is she like, oh, no. They... Ah, crap. We've got a lot of aliens <laughs> on this ship. Oh, aliens. Oh, definitely, yeah. Crap. yeah. <laughs> Cap, remember your humanity, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like spitting acid at her and she's like, ah, crap, it burns. <laughs> Cap, I would want an actor. I want to do the old like switcheroo and have a nice actor. Maybe like Benedict Cumberbatch, where you presume he's going to be nice just because it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Tom Hanks. And the big twist, which is probably not a big twist. But you're like, oh my God, he's like the Khan twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Name is Xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, because he's got he, he played that dragon as well, so he's good with the uh, snarls. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And and Shikan. Oh yeah, true, true. He could definitely do a growl For as well. Andy Circus. I like it. When 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 he turns full beast, you say he's not like gonna transform. Is he gonna be? Is he still gonna have like? He might get on all fours, maybe. Yeah, it depends how how silly it may oh it may look. Can he, like he, can he, he start just raises up his his like pincers up or something. His hands up like a T Rex and just be like, <laughs> like Doug Jones style. He's got like weird extended limbs. Like, like what, basically, can he dribble? loads <laughs> oh he'll be dribbling yeah yeah he'll, he'll be constantly like wiping his mouth throughout the movie oh, so no. it, that could be something that could be a little giveaway actually oh, no, no, Andy's one. one yeah Andy's one <laughs> that's right <laughs> good night folks thanks for listening to the podcast uh, we'll see you next week any more questions for Andy no not from me well well it's now down to me okay um Save the best till last, Paul. That's what I say. All right, here we go. Mine's called Alien Ascendancy. 20 years later on Earth, 2399. Ripley is older, trying to survive on a planet used for experimentation. It's time to end it once and for all. What? Who knows? (laughs) We open the movie seeing the blankness of space. Then we see Earth in the lower (laughs) half of our screen. Uh, no longer green as it once was. Uh, then we have the famous slow-building alien title with the score from Hans Zimmer. Obviously, we can't have um, uh, James Horner, I mm. believe, because he died. But like, I think Hans Zimmer would do a good job in uh, reproducing the... Uh, the, the wow. Yeah. yeah, just wow. lots of wow. <laughs> as, as each little um, bit of the title comes up. Uh, we then see the year 2399 on the screen we cut to the desolate street with ruined buildings and we focus on a group of guys all in makeshift armour looking quite scruffy proper like fallout style they are doing something bad maybe beating a prisoner or something I don't know Uh, we see the familiar outline of a woman who shouts at them to stop she walks forward. It's Ripley with a few scars and maybe a cool eye scar that makes her eye like white or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, cool fight scene where she takes all of them out apart from one. Uh, and it looks as if that person is going to kill her. But all of a sudden, the man is shot at the last minute and we cut to a sniper nearby. It's Winona Ryder as Anna Lee. She's, uh, they have a bit of dialogue after and there's some bants maybe as well. Um... <laughs> They're collecting stuff. Um, Ripley says we better get back as it will be dark soon and they mostly come out at night. Little fan service there. Uh, And there's like a traveling montage of then going back to this uh, like a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, we, We get establishment of what's going on from a log entry played over the top from Ripley. Kind of like the end of 
the first Alien movie. Um, it basically says that Earth was fucked, everyone left, now only a few remain and have turned to violence. Jonna, the, uh, or um, what's his face? What's his bloody name? Um, yes, Ron Perlman, he left uh, with the ship, uh, leaving them stranded on Earth. Um <laughs> that Earth wasn't all it was cracked up to be and that the aliens have been sighted more and more recently. So not only have they have to deal with that, but uh, they have to deal with the scavengers as well, as well as aliens. So this would be like playing in the background as they're like in the montage of going back home, seeing all these ruined buildings. Uh, they get home and it's like an underground bunker or something, kind of like Quiet Place vibes. Um, they're greeted by Vret Reese. They have been, he's he's alive he's in this yay and they fill him in on what <laughs> happened he thinks that they uh, should leave uh, as it's not safe anymore and there are rumors of ships being spotted on some electrical system or something i don't know they he's scanned something or used something to find that there's been like ships located somewhere uh, and it's near the crash site of the aruga um <laughs> <laughs> Ripley and Annalie are like, nah, bro, nah, nah, we're not going. Um, anyway, they have some nice character moments with Ripley talking about all she's lost and that Annalie is like the daughter that she never had. Maybe some flashes of Hicks and or Newt. Um, like that she's starting to remember them more. Um, the next day, they go out on a, a supply run, this time in an old derelict building. They start to search for stuff, but then there's a tense alien scene that we've always wanted. It slowly builds and builds until it's like a proper... Uh, it, and it's like a proper cat and mouse game where uh, they are hiding from it. Ripley eventually wounds it, and they go back home. We get some more touching scenes with all... Uh, we get some more... They, so they go back home... Um, they get, we get some more touching scenes with all three of them, maybe talking about stuff uh, and more like, you know, character development for Ripley because I believe that there's still much more to go with the character, unlike Andy. Uh, so then they go to sleep. Uh, however, the alien that got injured followed them there and he kills Reese in his sleep. Oh, shit. And then Ripley and Anna Lee managed to kill the alien, but now they need to leave because, like... Why not? Uh, they think of uh, they think. Uh, hey, what about these ships that have been sighted? So then they decide to go to find this ship, um, and then they get. And then this portion of the movie is going to be like a road style horror movie, borrowing things from a quiet place and having encounters with aliens along the way, and maybe some um, face huggers and stuff. Anyway, they eventually get to the crash site and they see ships going out in a, into a secret bit, in and out of a secret bit. They sneak in to find a hidden base beneath the rubble of the Aruga. Um, the uh, they learn through sneaky sneaky that Wayland Utani are back. And Walmart was only a front, and they managed to change their image to get more money. Um, they locate a lab in which they are experimenting on something, something big. We can see that there is a human-alien hybrid, but this time it's not as weird as the one from the fourth film. Uh, we learn from the scientists through dialogue, maybe they're having a chat, and then like uh, Ripley and that over here, that they cloned the remnants of the hybrid that were floating in space because there was brains and shit all floating in space. Um, and uh, And... 
they cloned it and it has some of the memories before it died. Um, also, that they have been releasing aliens out into the Earth um, atmosphere. Well, basically, leave out of this um, research center and, re and this thing. They've been releasing these aliens out to see how deadly they are, like Jurassic Park type shit. Anyway, uh, the hybrid sees Ripley breaks free, kills loads of people, uh, and then chases after Ripley, wanting to kill her after her betrayal. Uh, insert 20-minute chase scene, obviously. Um, uh, this is all the way through the complex. There's, uh, And then the hybrid breaks loads of different types of aliens out, um, like ones made better. And we get what we've always wanted, Ripley versus aliens again. So loads of scenes with her against the aliens. Anna Lee sets a timer for the place to blow up. But first, she downloads all the stuff that they've done uh, on her hard drive in her head, I guess. Um, Ripley and Annalee rush to the ship in the hangar. Um, Ripley disappears to find the unlocking mechanism for the ship's feet. And Annalee is confronted by the hybrid. Uh, she is picked up and is about to be killed, but Ripley appears in a mech suit and says, get away from her, you bitch. Uh, they fight. <laughs> she ends up sacrificing herself and... Uh, to kill the hybrid uh, or to keep the hybrid in the facility while it blows up so that Anna Lee can get away. Anna Lee has a final scene in which, uh, so she does, it blows up, um, Ripley's dead and everyone else is dead. Um, Anna Lee has a final scene in which she sends out all the details of what the company is doing and the experiments to the press. Then she sees a screen, like maybe it's a TV screen or something. I don't know if they have TV screens in space, but they do in my film. Uh, she sees that there's a corp, <laughs> there's a, like a corporation summit happening, and so she plots the coordinates for there, uh, and then she does like a badass cocking of a gun to signify she's gonna fuck up the corporations. End of movie. <laughs> So it ends exactly like a quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Cock of the gun and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it, it was them, it was a so. popular movie. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any questions? I loved a quiet place, so don't don't worry. Yeah. Um, do you know what I don't? It, so it's mostly. So is it mostly going to be set at night? Yeah. Like obviously they're traveling. They're the they're traveling. They will have to travel through the day and stuff. Um, the yeah, the traveling to the like the the crash site will be like they'll. I will, I really want it to be like enough time to really focus and and it's kind of like a little last hurrah to um, Ripley's character. Like she's gonna get a lot of things that a lot more character development uh, and like last little bits that the character can give just before and Annalie and really focus on that relationship between her and Annalie who like basically is like her is like new It's basically like new. Um, so yeah, it will be most, some of the bits will be set at night. Um, but there will be traveling bits through the day as well. I like that. I like, I like the whole idea that it's a bit like, um, a bit like Logan as well. Like you got this character who's gotten old they're having their yeah. one, one last mission to get it done. Uh, yeah, I like that. And it leaves it open it? for a sequel with with Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> See, she's a even though she's a bit old now, but you know, 
but yeah, there you go. Is that uh, is that everything? Yes, get in. I'm gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, said that about cool. everyone. <laughs> yeah. All of us are gonna win, <laughs> or none of us. Paul declares himself the winner. <laughs> I do. Paul... Maybe I have a pitch that's better than all of yours. <laughs> oh. Do you actually? I really. I have know. an idea. Yeah. All right. Well, after after we've argued, I wanna we can yeah. we can reveal. Yeah, you should, te- you should tell us how. Yeah, okay. Tell us okay. ours. Tell us yours. <laughs> okay. So now is the time for uh, to argue who will win. Uh, we will berate each other to help you decide who is going to be the winner, <laughs> and then I call it. You know, let's not go on too long. A couple of minutes maybe of like just. Um, uh, arguing. So, Paul, you should pick mine because mine is a classic homage to the original source material. It's a direct sequel to the movie. I give a last hurrah to uh, the character of Ellen Ripley and I p- maybe could pass the torch. And I think, I think I've got a good thing there. You should pick mine. Drew's is rubbish. Don't pick his. Uh, Andy's. It so hasn't convincing. got Ripley, which is the f- most famous, like female, like, like hero of a generation. Like, doesn't have Ripley in okay. it. Okay. Well, you say you got loads of ideas about to take the character and you kill her off. So that's the, the point. end there's of the nowhere, movie. No, but she doesn't do, do or bring anything new to this film. She does the same thing she did in, the, in four. Character development. No, babysit like, characters. You will, no, like, we, this is a chance to have <laughs> new My film characters. has the chance to like go with the character and show that she's had so much time. And this 20 years has just been so long. She's got the scars. She's got, she is uh, like, she was brought back from the dead. She's Logan, and, like, basically. Yeah. yeah, well, like... It, it's still a good st- like she is basically low. Like, she's a badass person that's like does, does yours happen on earth as well Ross yes the whole of it we lose such a big thing if we're not confined to like a spaceship no you that's don't the, need that's a thing. spaceship that's like, the uh, thing that's like, why... what we loved about the aliens is they had literally like only a couple of places they could hide they can't run across and travel halfway across the globe the most, most of the no but I've had I've ha- I have horror that scenes in a, I have a, we have. that's what people loved I have a horror scene in a in a abandoned building so that is literally uh, a confined yeah, but then they space. get in a car and go down the motorway for half the movie no they don't get in a car there's no cars <laughs> it's, a, it's, no, all, joking. it's all become joking. Mad Max inexplicably yeah. <laughs> in the last 20 years for no discernible reason whatsoever because mate have you not seen when she looks out into the in the special edition she literally looks out in the vastness and there's there's destruction. She, the 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 Eiffel Tower has been. I, th- I thought over. that we fairly clearly decided no, we were going to watch all the theatrical s- cut. <laughs> but no, the theatrical fine. cut shows the same. Well, it's like pretty the much. The theatrical cut shows a really lovely sunset. Hey, and it shows I the Riga. You don't oh, need like right, I just. Okay. I, all right, hey, I Paul. just said that it was destroyed. All the natural resources. Why are you coming for me anyway? In my pit. Look, look, Andy's, Andy. Andy's Andy's takes itself down. Paul, you should you should <laughs> you should go for mine. Because all the reasons Ross said that his is good, mine also has. 
but it doesn't lift it look okay if you want me to sit here and list everything that all of the listeners have heard ross say already then i will but i'll blame you and i'm not (laughs) gonna do it because you want me to but better yeah no but mine has the legacy character mine is a direct sequel not only to alien resurrection but also to covenant and prometheus pulling the entire saga together rather than just doing the alien yours is too much of an action movie drew well Jim Cameron's Aliens, which is widely held up as as one of the two best movies in the franchise, no is an action movie. What are you talking about? I literally described <laughs> the entire end portion of the movie where they <laughs> are going through a derelict, horrible ship full of aliens and the characters we the like are all being through. picked off. Mine's, at, mine's got the atmosphere of the original. Oh, so there's no we tension in yours. Yours is or... just scary from the get-go. There's no build-up. Yes, there's, no course, tension, there's no tension. There's no fucking in stakes. The whole movie. And Everyone's at 100 all the time. Andy's is a reboot of the franchise. Andy's is a reboot, not a not to mention Andes is predicated on the idea that some of the aliens survived an explosion that destroyed South Africa it <laughs> it it, it we didn't see the bodies 300 by comic movies yeah comic you movie didn't movie. see the we bodies see because the bodies. they turned to mist they were literally mist <laughs> hey, nothing survived that Ellen uh, Ripley survived she was literally incinerated uh, and they managed to clone her why are you defending Andy now <laughs> oh yeah wait shit no. I mean with Rosses, they somehow get the sample from the hybrid that was just scattered during in space. space. Yeah, oh, where, trust me, where Andy. Did they I get had those a problem with that from? too. What? Like they the literally bit, the cloned of... her from a furnace. Yeah, but where do they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but on a planet that still exists, not yeah, something floating scoop... in the vast frozen waste of yeah, space that would have burned up, up on re-entry into of... our atmosphere. They literally scoop, scoop up the it up. From do, where? You know, do you know how big space is? Yeah, like Andy starts off with two ships running into each other at the beginning of the movie. Just like, oh, can we have some? Can we have some help? Oh, actually, you're the last people to get off Earth. The <laughs> no, no, final good, survivors right? of a spacefaring race that have colonies all over the galaxy, <laughs> and like this is the last ship of eight people because everyone That's, else on Earth tension, died. Bitch. Rather than everyone just being like, oh, let's just get in our spaceships and take off and nuke the site from orbit. That's, that's a famous movie. line That's what, from the series. characters that we don't want to die. <laughs> it moves the uh, the world on. I don't care about Ripley. She's dead. She died in the third one. This is the fourth one. Didn't really have Ripley. It's not her. So you're. That's not. Oh man, people saying that I've included films no one cares about, and Andy's not including the thing that people do care about, <laughs> and he's proud of that. <laughs> Fuck you now. Right. <laughs> oh, end this. End this. Oh, this is put us put us out of our misery. This is tough, right? Because all three genuinely have stuff that I like. Right. I like the idea of seeing Sigourney Weaver lay a juicy smackdown on Michael Fassbender. <laughs> I want to see her kick him in the face. And I like Prometheus. <laughs> and I kind of like Covenant to a degree. The idea of like Benedict Cumberbatch snarling and like <laughs> dribbling. <laughs> I would watch that shit. Like that, that would be. And Karen, yeah. and Karen Gillan going like, ah, oh, no, he has lost his humanity. It is great. A Quiet Place meets Logan with Sigourney Weaver is my shit. Right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. All all joking aside, that is a very good call for it, Ross. It's fair, tough fair. because to to a degree, I agree with Sigourney Weaver that no alien film should be set on Earth. But mm-hmm. that is a really good idea of of like a road trip. I like that idea. I like the character stuff. If if I think about what which one, if if it was playing in a cinema tomorrow, would I be like, I'm going to see that film? 
is probably going to be Ross's, even though all three have stuff I want to see. Because I do want, I do want to see Benedict Cumberbatch turn into like a weird alien monster. <laughs> I do want to see Sigourney Weaver fight Michael Fassbender. I do want to see those things. But I like the kind of somber Logan esque A Quiet Place take. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to Ross. Yay! <laughs> two weeks running. Uh, oh man, Ross is the first ever two weeks running host. Thank you, Paul, for my oh, wondrous man. victory. <laughs> want to hear your idea for this uh, oh for, for, for mine right mine, mm. mine may be controversial because it's not it's technically a prequel to resurrection oh and mine kind of takes its cue from the neil blomkamp rejected was going to be great oh, but, didn't yeah. but yeah. mine would be called just xenomorph nice it's nice its tagline would be in space something can hear you scream <laughs> so we begin in a Wayland yutani lab. They're experimenting with facehuggers. You see them, they're like walk like two scientists are walking down a long corridor. There's big panes of glass, you look inside, pregnant women have face huggers on them. One Aww. like there's like conjoined twins, but only one of them has a face hugger. There's people with missing limbs, and they're like trying to see if the xenomorph comes out a conjoined twin or comes out with like a baby. There's like different animals that have been uh, oh, man. experimented on. Yeah, it's quite an intense cold open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're walking down, you know, there's like a dog, the dog's hacking up. Suddenly a xenomorph dog hybrid comes up. They're like writing down notes. Anytime a xenomorph merges out of these people, a soldier immediately goes in and puts it down. They're like taking notes. And then the title comes up. And then Ripley wakes up from a nightmare. She's dreaming of falling into fire. We see her arm. Uh, there's puncture marks on it from experiments. The What we find out is the events of Alien 3 were implanted memories to see if information could be taken from those under duress. Uh, so the opening credits <laughs> of Alien 3 happened. You know, the xenomorph attacked the thing, but everything else was like an implanted memory so they could get information. So the mel mm. you know, you find Hicks's face is all like melted, uh Newt is alive, Bishop's just like a torso, and we explain that Lance Henriksen's old <laughs> because the skin on him is just old, so it's sagging, and that's why that's what he looks like present day Lance Henriksen. Uh, they uh they live on a small planet called HR two two seven, uh which has apparently no life on it. Um she lives with Hicks, uh, you know, they sleep in their pods in their sort of disguised spaceship. Uh, and it's a it's a um it's a planet of perpetual daylight. There's no night on this planet. Because none of them like the idea of being in the dark, because they come at night mostly. It's just nice. this like kind of lush green, it's like almost like a paradise, it's really nice. You know, you have some character beats, them chatting. Uh, Newt's an adult now. It's been like sort of thirty years. You know, they're kind of this family. You've got like the mum figure, the dad figure, the weird uncle, the daughter. Whoever plays Newt's got like a cool haircut for some reason. <laughs> uh, and then one day they look out the window and they're like, "Oh, it's a shooting star," but it's not a shooting star. It's a spaceship, and the spaceship touches down, <laughs> and outcome all these like corporate people from Wayland yutani uh, and they've been going planet to planet, basically trying to like terraform 
and find information and stuff. And they're like, oh, we've run out of fuel. We're, we're trapped here. You know, we need your help. Can you help us? And they apparently don't know who Ripley and Hicks and that lot are. <laughs> and there's like maybe like five of them. And they have a robot with them. They have an android. Uh, and because the naming tradition is like Ash, Bishop, Cole, David. So this one would begin with an E, would be called Eva. And Newt immediately takes a liking to Eva. And there's like some sexual tension. And, you know, they're like, oh, your your android bishop is, like, really old, and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> and, you know, Hicks is, like, constantly <laughs> having panic attacks because he's, like, so traumatised. And Ripley's like, if you're from the company, you can fuck off. We're not going to help you get off this thing. And then uh, they have, like, a meal. They're all chatting and stuff. And then the leader of these Wayland yutani types is, like, he's, like, a cool guy stands up and he's like, you know, to our hosts and then immediately tases Ripley tases Hicks tases Newt and it turns out that they've been tracking them for years and that they're bringing them back to Earth to basically extract memories and put them to sleep because they know too much stuff so they're on the spaceship and they're like, we're going to see what happens when you go through memories of people with trauma and if that trauma can trigger something in a xenomorph and if the xenomorph can have human memories and then think more, because we want smart aliens, because mm. they'd be amazing weapons in warfare. So they're going to like yeah. do that to Ripley. And uh, there's a bit more of like a character moment between Eva and Newt. And they're like, oh, I like you. Or I like you too. Can a robot fall in love? Shit like that. And then yeah. Bishop's like, I've hacked into the mainframe. All the doors open. Hicks is like terrified to use a gun because he's so traumatized. But he grabs like a pencil and like stabs loads of people to death because he's like nuts. <laughs> uh, and then just as they're about to put a face hugger on Ripley, uh, Newt unleashes a xenomorph onto the ship. Xenomorph's like fucking people up. And then Ripley's going to have a fight with the xenomorph, <laughs> like proper grapple it <laughs> as the ship's coming towards Earth. And she manages to like kill the alien. And then I haven't really got much of an ending. All I know is that towards the end, the, as the alien's dying, its tail goes straight through Ripley's torso and kills her. Oh. And then we'd end the film. She's having a Viking funeral. Hicks is like still a bit traumatized, but he's like, I want to stay with you guys. Eva and Newt are going to like get together. Bishop's still just like, I really wish I had a body instead of just being like a head. Uh, and then. <laughs> It's like going, and then the credits roll, and then mid-credits, after you have, like, you know, the 20th Century Studios presents Xenomorph, you see uh, the ship, and there's people on there, and they take out loads of vials of DNA they took from Ripley, and someone says, we can clone her. And then it ends. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, that was nice. a good pitch. That's a shame you weren't pitching, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was good. Thank you for that. That was awesome. <laughs> well, there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. Yeah, thank you for thank having you. me. Yeah, thank you for cool. letting me join your show. We we will love to have you back again very soon as well. I would love to come back and hear some more pictures, hopefully about a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, so all that's left is to say goodbye. Oh, actually, first, 
but we should say if you want to follow us on our social media please do facebook instagram twitter uh paul do you have any socials that you could uh verbatim say now if i would never be able to say my own ones but uh, yeah, yeah my, my twitter is at paul klein yo that's two o's um for reasons i don't know and then i also have letterboxd where i don't really review stuff i just make really pithy jokes uh, and that is Paul <laughs> Klein Yo with one O because consistency is not something I'm known for. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go and follow Paul, please. Uh, and yeah, if you think you have a better idea for Alien Resurrection, uh, then please let us know if you have a better sequel, if you think Andy should have won, if you think Drew should have won, if you think Paul should have won, uh, then please let us know. Uh, so yes, now all that's left to say is goodbye from Drew. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye from Andy. Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from our special guest host, Paul Klein. Goodbye, farewell, Avida saying goodnight. <laughs> and it's goodbye from this week's winner, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Nostromo signing off. Bye.